During the season of giving, you might give away more than you want. Sweater for mom, video game for Jake, and my credit card for someone named Gina? More online activity can mean more exposed personal info. But LifeLock by Norton has identity theft protection all wrapped up. And if you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code LifeLock. Visit LifeLock.com today. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Hey, this is Ed with the Rhythm and Shoes Band. Looking for the perfect gift this holiday season? Give the great taste of Hides of Liverpool. In a holiday time, tradition means everything, and Hides has been a Central New York tradition since 1917. Franks, Coney's, Phillies, grilled cheese, and more. There's something for everyone. Now through December 31st, with every $25 in gift cards you purchase, you'll receive a $5 bonus gift card. So stop into Hides today for lunch, for dinner, and for a bonus gift card while they last. Real five. Oswego Street in Liverpool or visit hidesofliverpool.com. Plus, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five star review. You can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. And by the way, be on the lookout for my ML Sports Take videos and nine minute segments all over Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. IGTV, and TikTok. We are brought to you by our great friends at the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, Ken's Auto Detailing, Bryant and Stratton College, and Rosie's Corner. Pizza, wings, pasta, hot and cold subs, and more Rosie's with the theme food days during the week as well, like Meatloaf Monday and Turkey Slop Tuesday, as well as Fish Friday. Get in today if you're in and around Central New York, you're home for the holidays, pick up a gift card for that family member or friend as well. What a great stocking stuffer at Rosie's Corner a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Also a big tip of the cap to Welch & Company Jewelers. Look, man, it's the end of the year. People are looking for great gifts, bracelets, and necklaces, and watches. And some people are getting married. And if you're looking for that engagement ring to close out the year or to start 2021 to get married, go to Welch & Company Jewelers. Ask an expert today at welchjewelers.com. Engagement rings, wedding rings, and more. They have some of the best uh, outlet shopping and some of the best names in jewelry across the country as well. Welch and Company Jewelers, thanks to Luce and, and uh, Daniel and the gang for supporting the podcast over the course of 2020. So I got an idea um, laying in bed this morning, well, as I record this, um, yeah, this morning on Thursday, uh, and yesterday, really, it started. So I guess it's been the last two mornings. Hard to keep days straight these these days, right? Um, so Wednesday morning of this week, yesterday, and then and then a little bit more today. Um, you know, the dog barks or something happens. You get up and your mind starts racing. My mind just goes like crazy. I also think that if I were tested, I would definitely have sleep apnea. Um, so I just start thinking about things, right? The day and who I need to call and the podcast I have left and this and that and the other thing. And, um, and one of the things that, has kind of been in my mind to do a podcast on, but I didn't really know if I wanted to do it. And I started thinking deeply about it on Wednesday morning, and then again this morning. Is like the the current situation that we're in with college football. And I'm like, hell with it, I'm doing it. What are the factors to there being really only, every single year, like four teams that have a real shot at the college football playoff, right? 
Because we know the two big dogs. <clears throat> you know, we know Alabama, Clemson are going to be there every single year until something changes, whether that's Dabble and Nick, uh, Dabble Sweeney and, and Nick uh, Saban not being there. Um, you know, something like a huge injury. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know what, you know, it's going to change, but those two teams already are, are at the top every single year. The other two teams, usually, like an LSU last year popped up. Now they're done because Brady's gone, Jefferson's gone, Burrow's gone. <clears throat> and he just, even at a power NFL factory like that, it's awfully hard to replace all those guys and still stay at the top. So they're out of the picture now. Now they're kind of probably replaced by like a Notre Dame, right? And then the other team is usually like Georgia or um, Ohio State or both of them if Notre Dame isn't in it. You, you get the picture. There's four, clearly. And I happen to think that there's one big thing that isn't talked about enough by the Kirk Herbstreets and the Joel Klatz and everybody else. I'm going to get to that, to that in a second as to why the college landscape every single year is the same. I think it's, it's probably <clears throat> right now the biggest reason. Before I get to what that is, I do realize that every year a lot of things, you know, never change in college football. There are a lot of people, <clears throat> you know, like the Danny Cannells of the world and company, they're like, oh my God, you know, the, 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 you, you got to give the group of five a chance. You've got to give Coastal Carolina a chance, Iowa State a chance, Cincinnati a chance. Um, I'm not in that camp. Um, cause I think if we extended it to eight teams in the postseason, the playoff, the actual playoff, right? I, I don't think it would matter. Like, what is it going to do for me, for you, for any teams, if we chop off one game on the schedule and that game gets added to the playoff for Alabama and they end up playing one more game on its way to the title, right? By beating Coastal Carolina 52 to 10, like, what does it do for you and me if Clemson pounds Cincinnati 42-10? to 10? It does nothing. What does it do for you and me if Indiana got into the playoff as an 8 or 7 seed and they get yoked by Ohio State? It, it just it doesn't do anything <clears throat> for me, for you, for college football, for, for anybody. Um, I realize that years ago, Boise State beat Oklahoma. I know that it's fun to have a Cinderella team. I know that it's fun to have... You know, a Saturday game where BYU, and I did a video on this, hats off to BYU for playing Coastal Carolina. That was a fun game. A lot of offense. Uh, two teams that deserve the national stage for different reasons. I love the Coastal Carolina story. I love that BYU says any team, any place, anywhere. I love all that stuff. But when you're good, getting down to, <clears throat> you know, the, the nuts and bolts, it, these team, Iowa State playing Clemson in the playoff does nothing for me. I'm cool with four. The four teams are there, and I don't think I've gotten it wrong since the inception of the college football playoff. I like the college football playoff a lot more than the BCS. I don't necessarily like the rankings every week because I think they're kind of uh, moot um, for the sheer fact of, like, why do I need to know that Georgia is, you know, number nine in the college football playoff rankings? I don't need to know any of that stuff. The only thing I need to know is Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. <laughs> You know, and Ohio State might not even be able to play in the playoff as we record this because they don't have, you know, enough games to play. Um, although in a weird situation, they might not be able to contend and win the Big Ten because they're not not enough games to contend in the play in the college football uh, or in the in the Big Ten championship. But they can schedule three, four more games and end up in the final four 
you know, for the playoffs. So I just look at this thing and I'm kind of going, all right, you know, we have an opportunity to expand it to eight. I say no. I say don't do it. There are a lot of factors that allow for the top four teams to be at the top. The obvious ones are head coaches. The obvious, the obvious ones are that the power five, you know, stronger than the group of five, letting a, another two or three teams in, letting an almost so-called college football mid-major, even though I hate that term in college basketball, because the problem with the mid-major term is that when you beat a mid-major, you don't get credit for it. When they beat you, <clears throat> oftentimes it's by the national stage, it's looked upon as a bad loss, right? So um, you need consistency there. Um, but I just don't think, I mean, look, it's fun for alum to talk about how, you know, Northwestern for a while was like undefeated, right? But then they laid an egg against Michigan State, right? Like, let's say Louisiana somehow got up to number eight in the college football playoff rankings and they got into the playoffs. Cool. They're going to get murdered by Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, etc. So <clears throat> I'm good at four. I realize that there are a lot of, you know, the head coaches create the top four every single year. I mean, you know, the consistent power names of Ryan Day, Dabo, Nick Saban, Brian Kelly, <clears throat> Eddie O, not necessarily a power name, but for one year, he gets that team, things break right for him, they make it, they win it all. Georgia Kirby Smart, he's a power name just underneath, he's like in the 1A category, you know, the Lincoln Rileys of the world, and that's another team, Oklahoma, obviously, here and there will get there. You know, Oregon had their couple of years stretch, Florida State with Jimbo and Winston, but now they're a complete and utter shit parade. Um, but you get the point. The three, four coaches <clears throat> extend it to five or six on occasion for the other power clubs who might squeak in and be there once in a blue moon. Georgia with Kirby Smart, one year. Next year, Eddie O with LSU. Next year, it's Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. Maybe it's Oregon and so-and-so. Maybe it's, you know, a, 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 um, you know Texas A&M maybe can, can, can get in with Jimbo one of these days, and, and Jimbo would be, you know, a huge name, and he's gotten there before with FSU. You get the point. The main three right now, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and then that fourth team, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Georgia, Brian Kelly kind of getting wiggling his way into the 1A, kind of the 1AAAA group behind Dabo. Dabo and Nick Saban are, are period end of discussion in their own class, so let's leave those guys there. But Ryan Day, you know, 1AAAA, 1AAAA Brian Kelly, you know, perhaps you throw in a Lincoln Riley, et cetera. But the head coach is a big deal as well, why these teams show up year in and year out. Obviously because they're there, there's continuity, which means what? The top recruiting classes every single year. These teams are pumping out NFL talent like no tomorrow. So, I mean, for God's sakes, you know, Alabama goes from Judy and Ruggs to Devonta Smith and I know he's, you know, out for the year and Waddle and all these players. I mean, they go from, you know, they can go from a Mark Ingram and a Derrick Henry and, you know, now they go to a, um, now they go to a Najee Harris. I mean, it's just, it's one after. And look at Clemson's defensive line. I mean, they had the Dexter Lawrences and the, Cle the Cleveland Farrells and, um, you know, all those players. You know, Shaq Lawson couldn't even get on the field until he was a couple of years into his tenure um, because Vic Beasley was there. Vic Beasley goes number 10 to the Atlanta Falcons in the draft. Boom, Shaq Lawson inserted as the number one edge rusher. It's just one guy after another after another. You've got a potpourri of talent. Mac Jones is now... <clears throat> probably the Heisman favorite 
he followed up guys like Jalen Hurts and Tua Tunga Viola. So it's it's just it's it's insane. They're football factories. I understand all of those things, and that's why those teams are up ahead, and and everybody else is kind of behind. Sure, you have a one A group. That's nice. Your one A group is 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 Notre Dame in a top four, or Georgia, or in Oklahoma. And again, because I think Alabama, Clemson are in their own group. The top four. The other two teams are 1A teams to me. They're still 1A because they're still behind the other two. So you have two different things to talk about. You have two teams in Alabama-Clemson, and then you have the other two teams as 1As who get into the postseason because there's four teams, right? If it weren't like that, it'd be Alabama-Clemson every single year, as we know. This year, maybe a little bit different. Who knows? Because Notre Dame beat Clemson, but again, that was without Trevor Lawrence. But those are the all, all the other factors that I mentioned, the main, main ones. I mean, you can talk all day about facilities, you can talk all day about a lot of those things, but the facilities at Clemson and Alabama, I mean, they're not that different. I don't even need a tour of the college to know that. All you need are the pictures and the specials on ESPN and all the other college football shows and, and all the rest. You know that they're pretty similar. <clears throat> now to the main point of my podcast, right? Now that we've gotten through the fact that Saban and Dabo are at the top, Clemson and Bama, right? The head coaches every single year, the recruiting classes pumping out the talent, pumping out the NFL guys every single year. They're more depth, they're more deep, they're more versatile. You know, they're better in the trenches at the line, offensive line, defensive line, all those things we know. But the question is for me, why can't a team, and this is the idea of the pod, but I had to get through the first, I don't know, 12 minutes or so of all that other stuff to get to the meat and potatoes. Why can't another team consistently now. I'm not talking about one year Oregon gets in the post the playoff, I own Marcus Mariota year, etc., whatever, <clears throat> and then they kind of trail off. I'm not talking about an Oklahoma, you know, who maybe once in a blue game, you know, they kind of get in there and they've got some great things going on. Obviously, they have Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. They've pumped in, in a ton of NFL talent, right? They've gone from Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley, and that's all fun and dandy. Oklahoma's fun to watch, huge offense, etc. But again, Big 12, they always lose a couple of games in the beginning of the year, and they can't consistently stay in the top four, right? Why, this is the question, why don't we have a third power? Why is it two powers? Why can't, why can't, and I'm not poo-pooing, any of these teams, it's hard to do it, right? It's hard to be Clemson and Alabama. I get that. But the question is, just for water cooler discussion, college football talk, why can't we get a third power, a fourth power? Because it's possible to go 10-1, and 10-2. And, and you're not a power in terms of Alabama-Clemson. You have a good year. Does that suffice for expectations at your school? I don't know. It depends on what your boosters and your fan base says. There's different expectations at Georgia right now than even at Miami, the U, with the historical perspective and all the rest of their tradition, etc. And I'm here to tell you because I don't think there's a lot of separation among all those other teams at all. That's where my point is. Where Alabama and Clemson separate themselves... Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com.
Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshall's. Is Dabo and Nick Saban. Where they separate themselves is, to a degree, the repeated recruiting classes being in the top two, three, four, whatever. There are separating things, factors for those teams from everybody else. For as good a year as Georgia could have had, they're six and two. They don't have Nick Saban, they don't have Mac Jones. Okay, there are separators everywhere you go with Alabama and Clemson. Is there a separator from Georgia right now? Is there a big separator? And I'm not talking about two teams facing each other on the field, folks. I'm talking about a separator as a program. As, as a separator, as a program, to get to the top four year in, year out. Or you take five to eight years, you make it six of those years. Right? And you win a national title or two. Because that's what Clemson and Bama are doing. Every single year they're there. Ten-year period, they're there eight or nine out of ten. Maybe they're there all ten. I mean, if I take a ten-year chunk, I mean, you go look at those teams. They're there every single year. What's the separator, honest to God, between Georgia and Iowa right now? Do I know that Georgia can beat them one-on-one? Iowa could. Eh, it's probably a toss-up game, right? I, Kirk Ferentz has been great. There's no separator. You can't even give me, well, Georgia plays in the SEC, they get a better recruiting class. Okay, I would agree with you that they have better recruiting classes. I would agree with you that they have more NFL talent. It shows in the draft every year. But look at the records. Georgia is 6-2. and two. Iowa is 5-2. and two. Yes, does Georgia play a tougher schedule in the best conference in football? Of course they do. But Iowa's number 16 in the country. Going into this season, we didn't know that the Big Ten was going to be this bad. We didn't even know if we were going to have Big Ten football. Big Ten gets in late, and here we are. That's not on Iowa. Iowa's played the schedule. Iowa still has to play a really hard game against Wisconsin this weekend as we record this, right? They've won all their games on the schedule. They lost by a point to Northwestern. But, like, both teams have almost identical records. One team, Georgia, is 6-2. and two. I get it. Better route. Would I pick Georgia to win? I Yeah, I would. Maybe it isn't a toss-up. Maybe it's more like 60-40, okay? But you get the point. Georgia doesn't have overwhelming players to be able to just beat down a ton of teams in college football. They're 6-2. and two. They have one more win than Iowa. One. That's it. What's the real difference between, right now, Iowa State and Indiana? Not much. Six and one, eight and two, Big Ten, Big Twelve. Not much. Big Ten's not very good. Big Twelve's not very good. Not much. They can't get into the top four if you had seventy offensive linemen pushing them in. Like Florida. Really, really good team this year, right? Eight and one. As we record this going into preparation for LSU, a team they should kill. And then they've got Alabama in the SEC title game on December 19th. Really good year. 
They got a couple of guys who are going to probably be picked in the top 10 in the NFL. Kyle Trask, a quarterback, is up for the Heisman Trophy. You know, Kyle Pitts, the tight end, best in the country. Their defense, pretty darn good. Best conference of college football. The resume is pretty good. They beat Georgia. They lost to a by three, right? But, like, they've beaten everybody else. Arkansas, that win now looks a little bit better, right? Florida ain't going into the top four year in, year out. Florida is still a couple of decks behind Alabama-Clemson. Florida gets great recruiting classes year in, year out. I would have to look at 2020 college football recruiting rankings. Let me just look at one of these lists. I'm just going to pull up the 247s and see. So so here's the 2020 rankings, right? Georgia was number one. So they're getting a ton of talent, I realize. But, like, you can't use that even as a separator for all of the teams not named Alabama-Clemson because their record is not overly superior to the other teams. Georgia, Bama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Auburn, Texas. Florida's number nine in recruits in recruiting, in the class, right? Florida's in the South. Florida's a great school. Florida, awesome academically. Florida's got some solid tradition, which I'll get into in a second. Tradition actually doesn't really matter, in a way, for kids. Like, they're number nine in the recruiting rankings. They're ahead of a lot of teams, including Notre Dame. Notre Dame is in the running to make the college football playoff. They are 18th in the recruiting rankings for 2020. 18th. They're behind Auburn, behind Texas. Texas is a disaster. They're behind Florida, Tennessee, Oklahoma, North Carolina. North Carolina out-recruited Notre Dame. Miami, Penn State, Washington. I mean, you know, you can't even use the recruiting for Georgia the number one recruiting class at a 92.95 ranking according to 247, you can't even use that recruiting ranking and who they get in to be like, well, Georgia Georgia can separate itself because they're the number one recruiting class. No, they're not a separator. They're the number one class, but they're not a separator because they're not even as good this year as Florida and A&M. Like year in, year out, top three classes, Bama, Clemson, sure. But Georgia has those. So recruiting, they're all in that top three, top four, top five. Nick Saban and Dabo are the separators. And then you kind of go off of the branches of the tree, of course. But like, what is it going to be that you can use as a separator? And that's my point of the podcast for one of those teams to get into the top four year in, year out. If Georgia's number one recruiting ranking was happening year in, year out, and Georgia was in the college football playoff year in, year out, you could use that as a separator. My point is, all these other teams besides Clemson and Alabama, they don't have a separator from all the other teams. Alabama and Clemson have multiple separators. You know, if you want to take recruiting class and go, well, Alabama and Clemson, you know, Georgia out-recruited them, so you can't really use recruiting as a separator because you you want to go down that road. Because Georgia out-recruited them. Okay, but they didn't out-develop them. So maybe there's another separator. Like Alabama Clemson, they have Dabo and Nick. That's a monster separator. Stadiums, crowds, conference, meh. 
those aren't really separators. Tradition, eh. Tradition doesn't matter as much. Look at Texas. Look at Michigan. Look at the year that Michigan was supposed to have. They're supposed to be like a seven. I mean, I don't know. Who knows how many games the Big Ten was going to play anyway. They're supposed to be obviously a lot better than this. Like, nobody cares about tradition. No 18-year-old cares about tradition. They want to go to a place that's going to prepare them for the National Football League. They want to play in a system that fits their game. And this isn't maybe in particular order, but these are the things that matter. They want to play for a monster head coach, usually. And, you know, they want to, you know, have probably like a cool, young, adult atmosphere. Son, girls, I mean, there's hot girls everywhere, but, you know, son and girls or, or, you know, the campus suits them for their, for their lifestyle. I mean, everybody makes their own choice. Somebody might choose Iowa State over Miami now. Kid doesn't give a shit about Miami's tradition. Okay. You can listen to Russell Wilson talk about, you know, well, when I went to, you know, Wisconsin for a visit, you know, the year after my dad died and this and that, and there was, you know, Breeze Boulevard or Breeze Way, whatever it was, and his favorite quarterback was Breeze, and his dad said, man, you know, Barry Alvarez is the head coach, right? He tells that story all the time. Like, he's the head coach. You might want to go play for him when he was getting sick and all the rest, and those things maybe motivated Russell Wilson to, you know, try Wisconsin. You know, he was at NC State and at Wisconsin. That's a different situation. But Russell Wilson didn't say, wow, Wisconsin has a tremendous tradition. He went there because his dad had suggested something, and then, you know, he's a huge guy of faith. He believes, he's, he, you know, follows his faith, and everything happens for a reason. He's one of those kind of guys. Breeze Way, oh, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. You know, I followed him his career at Purdue, Big Ten, but I want to do that. And then he picked. But kids aren't picking... Ohio State because of their tradition. You may get an 18-year-old from Columbus, Ohio, who's already grown up on Ohio State football, whose dad has filled his brain with Ohio State history and Archie Griffin and two Heismans and Woody Hayes and all that bullshit. Okay. Filled him in on the Maurice Claret team. Fine. Grew up in Ohio. Okay, they're out there. Sure. They're out there. But if Ohio State had an average head coach, and didn't run the proper system, and didn't send kids to the NFL, that kid might choose BYU for playing time. Like, where are the separators? Michigan and Texas, right now to me, they don't have anything that separates them from North Carolina from Tulsa, from Iowa, from BYU, from Indiana, from Cincinnati. Jim Harbaugh's on the hot seat. He's getting trashed every day by national media. Tom Herman's getting destroyed by Texas. These two jobs have been hot seat central and everybody kind of thinking about who's going to get hired in those seats next. You don't have that question at Alabama and Clemson. As long as Nick and Dabo want to coach, they're going to coach. <clears throat> That's a separator. No. You, you you don't. What's the difference between Georgia and North Carolina right now 
for a recruit. Georgia keeps pumping out number one classes. There must be something. <clears throat> but six and two, seven and three, I mean, they have almost identical records. Granted, again, SEC versus ACC, and I get that. Every time I point out a record, I don't want somebody hitting me on, whoa, but don't you know the conference they're playing? They, yeah, of course I do. The SEC has been the best conference in college football for the majority of the last two decades. I get it. The ACC had a couple of nice two, three, four-year run there. Some people thought that they were challenging. I thought they were close. Florida State won a national championship. We've had Clemson. But the middle to the bottom isn't as good. Auburn is a really, really solid team year in, year out. But they lose four games because they're in the freaking SEC. What's the difference between, you know, I mean, look, Georgia's tradition. There's no way in hell that Kirby Smart is selling tradition. He's selling we send kids to the NFL. Are you a running back with a dynamic ability? You can be the next DeAndre Swift. You can be the next Nick Chubb. You know, you don't have to sell an 18-year-old on... I mean, they have eyes. They walk around. They can see the facilities. They can see the hot girls. <laughs> they can feel the sunshine. And if they grew up in the South, they already know about the weather anyway. But, like... Does an 18-year-old go on the campus of Georgia and say, tell me about Herschel Walker, who played 40 years ago? Right? Like, I remember hosting radio in Syracuse when Syracuse raised up the number 44, right? Oh, we're going to retire 44. And people were irate. Oh, my God, you got to use this for recruiting and blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure that 18-year-old kids know who the hell Floyd Little is. And by the way, prayers to Floyd, who's in hospice care, I consider a friend. Super sad situation. I was super happy that they did the Express movie on Ernie Davis because it gave young football players, black football players especially, an idea of how important he was. Like, when you go down to recruit a kid from Southern North Carolina, do you walk in and start talking to him about number 44? Do they know everything there is to know about Jim Brown, Ernie Davis, Floyd Little, Michael Owens in 1987? Do they know about the Don McPherson and Michael Owens pitch against West Virginia and almost winning a national championship and tying Auburn in the Sugar Bowl because Pat Dye chose to kick a field goal? Do they know? Do they give a shit about that stuff? I don't think they do. They care about playing in a program that's going to send them to the NFL, in a system that's going to suit their game. They care about cool uniforms and all that stuff. Like the, the tradition. I mean, Georgia week in week, out, you know, year in year out, getting you know top three recruiting classes and number one in the case of twenty twenty. I mean, I don't know how they're doing it. They're doing it somehow, but like they keep getting these recruits, but they're not staying in the top four, and they're still a mile away from Alabama. Like, I heard again this year about the gap closing. Again. Did it close a little bit last year? A little bit it did. Sure. It did. Did it close going in this year? A little bit more. Yeah, a little bit. But you know what a little bit more does? A little bit more gets you a 17-point loss to Alabama. <laughs> oh, the gap is closed. Kirby's smart. They're going to figure it out some point at some point. 41 24. 
Stetson Bennett overwhelmed. Alabama dominating. All sides of the football. Nick Saban, 100 times better of a coach in that game than Kirby Smart. Come on. Like, what is the difference right now between a lot of these teams? Outside Clemson and Auburn. By the way, I mentioned Auburn. Playing the SEC. They're 5-4. and four. Lost to Georgia. Lost to Bama. Lost to A&M. <laughs> You know, their other losses were, uh, their other loss was South Carolina, which probably for Auburn was a horrendous loss. I mean, a 2-8 and eight team can't lose to them, I guess. So, you know, again, it'd be better to be 6-3. and three. The point is, Auburn, I mean, what are they outside of the conference? I understand the power of the SEC. I get it. Like, if you go and look at NCAA football rankings and you look at jobs, and you look at you know facilities and different things, the game is so much different now. And this is the final thing I'll say. Way back in the day, I, look, I always use Penn State as an example. Penn State under James Franklin having a horrific 2020, right? But they had a little period there a couple years ago. Saquon Barkley and company, they make a run to the top. Again, another team that kind of danced in and around the top, and now they've completely disappeared. Penn State under Joe Paterno was year in, year out, a national championship contender. They were on the short list, top five to seven teams, and that was back when, again, pre-playoff, it was, you could make the national championship, uh, you could make the, not even national championship game, you could make a Rose Bowl, and win and maybe be number three in the country and still have a shot to win the national championship. I just mentioned Syracuse in 87. They had a chance to at least tie for the national championship by beating Auburn in the Sugar Bowl. They went undefeated. It didn't happen. Penn State every single year used to be a team. Top one, a top, top two to three, four, top five, top six, seven. Linebacker U, Penn State, playing all the national programs. And what you could do at Penn State is you owned the Northeast. You owned a region of the country. When you labeled yourself linebacker U and you had two, three guys at a position, let's say middle linebacker, you had two deep there, two deep on the outside, two deep on the inside, two deep in the middle. You could then the year after recruit one more at each position. Title IX wasn't around. And you could just go nuts with 90 or so scholarships. You can't do that today. It's down, what, 10, 15 scholarships from the 80s Penn State team. Same thing with Miami. You know, you have Michael Irvin, great. I'm going out to get another five-star blazing wide receiver in Florida. You can't do that anymore. You can't just load, 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 load. I know it looks that way at Clemson, and it looks that way at Alabama. But there's a lot of creativity that goes into that, and that's what makes Nick Saban and Dabble such crazy great recruiters and such crazy developmental guys. To lose Vic Beasley in the top ten and then you replace him with Shaq Lawson, not every single program is doing that in college football. To have a quarterback like Tua, to have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts at the same time, and then immediately have Mac Jones, not everybody's doing that. Georgia can't even get a quarterback. LSU, Every single year is the number one football factory in terms of sending players to the NFL. They just got an elite quarterback last year in Joe Burrow. They won a national championship. Now they're back to having nobody. Back to having nobody. It's hard. 
But what I'm getting at is like Penn State doesn't mean that much to a kid in Pennsylvania anymore. You might have grown up as a Penn State fan. The same thing I talked about with that kid in Columbus, hearing about his dad's Ohio State. Oh my God, my, you know, when I was a kid, blah, blah. Great. Like, if you have an 18-year-old right now, and you're, let's say, 50, you know, when you were a teenager, I guess, what would 50 years old be? You'd be in and around, I mean, I'm 40, 79, 69. I mean, you, you were growing up as a kid. You know, Archie Griffin was your guy. Okay, cool. Like, for an 18-year-old in Columbus in that spot, or an 18-year-old at Penn State, or in Pennsylvania in that spot, listening to all the traditional bullshit about Joe Paterno, and about Woody Hayes, and about Archie Griffin, and about... Maybe they say, that's cool, dude, but like I want to go play for Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Because I'm going to play football right away. You know, a kid in California might say, I, I don't give a shit about USC because they stink. I don't want to hear about the tradition. I don't want to hear about Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart and Marcus Allen and OJ. I give a shit about those guys. I kind of like what's going on. I kind of like what's going on at Coastal Carolina. I'm a three-star guy. I'm going to play there right away. I kind of like what's going on in Indiana. I'm going to go play there. And you know what happens even when you go to Indiana? And even when you go to Colorado? Even when you go to, I don't know, an Oak State? Even when you go somewhere that you want to go? You're still playing in the big house. You're still playing in Columbus. You're still playing at Beaver Stadium. You're still playing at the L.A. Coliseum. There's not a lot of separation between a lot of these teams. Like, what is attractive for me? You know, take Penn State right now and compare Penn State to North Carolina. If I'm 18 years old, what does Penn State have more than North Carolina? I'd have to see the facilities for sure. They both have great head coaches. I still think James Franklin's a great head coach. I don't know if he'll be there at the end of next year, but I think he's a great head coach. I mean, look at what he did at Vandy at Penn State. And he can recruit. It's just a really bad year. It's COVID. It's Big Ten. There's a lot of shit going on. But, like, if I'm an 18-year-old kid, and I'm watching North Carolina, and I'm watching Penn State, and I'm watching Sam Howell throw the pigskin around, and I'm liking Mac Jones, and I'm liking what they bring to the table, and I'm seeing 10 personnel, and I'm seeing him sling the ball around, you know, 40, 50 times a game, and I'm a freaking high school quarterback in the state of Virginia, and I'm a four-star guy, and I got an opportunity to go throw it around and get four or 5,000 yards in a season, and North Carolina has really cool colors, and, oh, by the way, maybe my high school has the Jordan brand, and I play basketball and football, and I just watched The Last Dance, and I'm a big Jordan sneaker fan because Michael Jordan sneakers are, are, are generational. They're multi-generational. Those things matter. You don't think it happens. I'm telling you right now, go talk to recruiting people. Go talk to 18-year-old kids. Go talk to high school coaches. The brand, Adidas, all that stuff that used to happen. You know, Nike with, you know, Sonny Vaccaro and Michael Jordan and Kobe and Nike and this and that and Phil Knight. That still exists with 18-year-olds. It doesn't matter if it's 1985 or 2020. It still exists. doesn't matter if it's 1992 or 2025. It will always exist. I'm going to North Carolina. I ain't going to Penn State. Penn State also sucks right now, which doesn't help. So, like, there's no real separation between all those teams. So that's why all of these teams are lumped into a huge bucket. And then there's Clemson and Alabama ahead. 
Because Penn State, North Carolina, not a lot of separation. With Clemson, we got separation. We got Dabo. You know, we got top three recruiting class every single year. Georgia has a recruiting class, but they haven't used it to separate themselves from Alabama and Clemson. Hell, they haven't even used it to separate from Oklahoma. Right? This year, they aren't separating themselves from Florida or Texas A&M or even Iowa State. Again, tougher conference, I know. But, like, that's what I'm talking about. Everything Alabama and Clemson have, it's a separation. Dabo Nick Saban. I mean, that's the main separator. But they can use their recruiting because they also develop. So developing their players is a huge separator. Because the development of all these guys at Bama and Clemson, it's miles ahead of Ohio State even. That's how scary it is. It's miles ahead of Notre Dame. You know, they have the ability to develop. They have the best assistant coaches. They have the best head coaches. Facility-wise, eh, it's kind of win, lose, or draw. With a Georgia, with an A&M, with a Florida, etc. I get it. Although Alabama and Clemson kids talk about their facilities being the best, so have at it. They have multiple separators. There's not even one separator that I can find from North Carolina to Penn State in a huge, huge way. And that should scare the shit out of you if you're Penn State. It should scare the shit out of you if you're Oklahoma. If a kid might go, eh, I know they had Baker. I know they had Kyler Murray. But, man, that BYU thing's really fun, isn't it? Maybe I'll try Indiana. I'm, I'm, I'm a four-star kid, but eh, maybe I'll, eh, I don't need to go to Oklahoma. They're recruiting me. Eh. So, I do think that's the big thing right now that isn't being talked about. There's not a lot of separation. Penn State is a historical trademark college football program. They're not separating themselves at all. They just keep getting worse and worse. Georgia, they haven't separated themselves from the pack to get up to the top four with anything. They have a top recruiting class, but what's it getting them? They have two losses. They're still miles behind Georgia, uh, behind Clemson and Alabama. What's the separation between Coastal Carolina right now and Iowa State? Nothing. Cincinnati, Indiana, nothing. Florida and A&M, nothing. Northwestern and USC, nothing. Iowa and, I don't know, Miami, nothing. you got to have a separator, a major separator, to stay up in the top four every single year. Like the head coaching, the assistant coaching, the development of players. And in the case of Alabama and Clemson, not Georgia. Top-tier recruiting classes. That because of the recruiting and the development, without having those 90 scholarships, not, uh, you know, you're able to go from Tua to Mac Jones. You're able to go from, you know, Vic Beasley to Shaq Lawson to the, you know, Cleveland Farrells of the world and all the rest. Dexter Lawrence's, Right. And so far, there's two teams that separate, and that's it. Alabama and Clemson. Mike Lindsley with UML Sports Platter all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher and Deezer. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Hides of Liverpool. Go ahead and visit hidesofliverpool.com. Get that special gift card for the holidays for your family and your friends. The best hot dogs on earth. 
come off the grill at Hides of Liverpool. A big tip of the cap thank you as well to Stanley Law Offices. It's simple. Just call Joe. Go ahead and visit him online at stanleylawoffices.com and search him out on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. And a big tip of the cap thank you as well to Welch & Company Jewelers, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, and our terrific friend Ryan W. Hanlon of Howard Hanna Real Estate. Log on to ryanwhanlon.com today. Buying and selling homes in the greater New York State area, it is not easy, especially during the wintertime and the like. Go to Ryan. He'll help you. Your team, your town, your realtor, ryanwhanlon.com. I'm Mike Lindsley. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense you know when you order a new video game or a golf club or a blender and then it arrives at your door you get a little thrill imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car with nissan at home you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere sure beats a golf club or a blender buy a new car entirely online with nissan at home deliver direct from dealer to driveway thrill starts here Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable law. See dealer for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.